This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. Hey everyone, as part of our continuing summer series, we're looking back on some of our previous episodes. Last year, I talked with Vanessa Barboni Halleck, the founder and CEO of Another Tomorrow, an end-to-end sustainable design company, to chat about technology-enabled transparency and a circular economy. In case you missed it, we wanted to share some highlights from that interview with you. Well, welcome to the show, Vanessa. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be talking today about Another Tomorrow, but let's start from the start. You were in finance for 15 years before pursuing sustainable fashion, but you said that social responsibility was kind of always something that stayed with you. So when did the transition happen? When did you kind of ultimately come to the realization that you wanted to take that on? You know, the truth is I just ran out of excuses. So, <laughs> you know, in the in the 15 years that I spent in finance, it was a constant tug of war. I found it really intellectually satisfying, especially the emerging markets piece of it. It was such an incredible way to explore the world, understand the world, build things. Uh, but I just had this unscratched itch that was with me constantly. And I actually quit three times. <laughs> and it was the third time that stuck um, the second one I had left to do a degree in energy and environmental policy, ended up coming back and, and spent a bunch of years rebuilding businesses after the financial crisis, which really, I think, gave me my first kind of taste of entrepreneurship and that desire to build. And it all really came to a head, I would say in late 16, where I had to be pretty honest with myself that the world was moving in a direction that I hadn't anticipated. And I think I had this sort of sense that as long as things were kind of, you know, going in the right direction, there was no real urgency for me to make the change and, and be a part of the change. And I finally was just faced with that reality. And so I started to put the wheels in motion to shift gears. And Originally, I actually thought that I would stay within finance, where I'd really built my career and built a lot of connections and move into building out um, the architecture for sustainable finance, which I really saw was achieving scale. And then it was truly by accident in the course of a sabbatical that I fell way down the rabbit hole of sustainability in the fashion industry. And that was what set this whole new path in motion. So, Vanessa, how would you describe your clothing line? You know, what kind of items do you have in your line and, and what's the kind of consumer that you're going after? You know, I start off by always saying that we think about clothing as an asset. And so really our market positioning is, is digitally native, sustainable luxury, but really through the lens of creating asset quality clothing. And so our customer is fundamentally somebody who appreciates that. And we think about it as basically minimal but interesting and kind of the scaffolding kind of for, for your lifestyle. And so what we find is that our customers, first and foremost, global, which is really interesting already, even though we're a fairly young company. And uh, it's usually a woman who started to invest in herself and invest in clothing that she wants to last for a very, 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 very long time. And so that encompasses you know, the professional woman that encompasses the artistic woman that encompasses the woman who wants to pass these clothes down to her children. But really, we think about clothing as an asset first. 
has the kind of demand for that changed at all with remote work being so unexpectedly dominant now? You know, people aren't going to work and dressing up. I'm not, at least. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's interesting. Our customer hasn't changed, but our customer's life has definitely changed. And what she purchases, what what is relevant for her, which I think is what you're hitting on, is this idea of relevance, um, has shifted. And so maybe... Two years ago, it would have been a blazer and maybe now it's a cardigan, you know, or uh, something of that nature. So it's a lot more knitwear. It's a lot more things that are soft, but it's actually also a surprising number of trousers. (laughs) So people do actually want to get up and out of the house, but they want to do so in a way uh, that feels uh, that feels comfortable. This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home Internet. Find the plan that's right for you at Verizon.com. So let's start from your kind of original collection. I read that your your original collection had only four materials. So what what goes into that process and, and has that changed now? It hasn't changed much, which is pretty interesting. So the way that we decided to approach uh, sustainability and ethics was really in a holistic way. When we first started doing the market research around best practices and what was out there, what we found was that so many companies chose to solve for one thing. But really, when we think about you know, our value set, it doesn't stop at just not harming the earth, right? If that's part of your value set, you probably also don't want to be in a situation where you're supporting brands that also aren't paying living wages, right? So we really thought about it holistically as environmental, animal, and human welfare. And what that does is it really narrows the range of things that you can responsibly use. And we decided to really focus on a few core materials that you just articulated and to build our supply chains in a really thorough way and have that be the baseline. But what happened was, um, even as we were doing the research early on, we had so many questions that could not be answered at the certification level. And so what that ultimately did was lead us all the way back to the farm, which in a way is not unsurprising because sustainability is fundamentally local. What makes sense in one place does not actually necessarily make sense in another place. And we did that uh, first and foremost with our wool supply chain. So we source all of our wool from two actually interestingly female-run regenerative wool farms, ethical wool farms in Tasmania. And we learned so much through that experience, both uh, through the lens of animal welfare, as well as through the lens of really what regenerative agriculture could mean in practice and how one would measure that. That was really the new cornerstone of our sourcing policy. So we really believe in building supply chains from the farm up. And so we do that in wool, we do that in organic cotton, in organic linen, in FSC certified um, viscose, so cellulosic fibers that come from responsibly managed forests. And then really the only new fibers that we've added are recycled cashmere. We don't use any virgin cashmere really because there's a big supply demand imbalance for, for virgin cashmere and recycled wool. That's pretty much it. Uh, so the world is not your oyster when it comes to sustainability. But really interesting things happen when you have these constraints, and it really forces you to make the absolute most of a material and to focus on the highest possible quality material and the most ethically responsibly sourced material that you can. You know, you say that 606 trillion silkworms are killed annually in in silk production. Um, You know, you talk about down from geese and ducks are, are made from killing those birds. 
So these are other areas that you focus on, I assume, in the animal welfare area. Yes, exactly. So we, our position is basically, we don't use anything that requires you to harm or kill the animal. And unfortunately, that does indeed involve a lot of fibers that we wouldn't otherwise have thought about. I had no idea that, you know, silk is conventionally made by boiling silkworms alive. Wow. Um, which is kind of shocking, or that down actually necessitated um, the killing of the animal to incorporate it. So I think that my biggest takeaway through all of this is that we really act according to our level of awareness. And so much of what I learned, even thinking of myself as a pretty conscious consumer before I made this big leap, was completely unknown to me. And so we try and really meet people where they are and to just provide the, the information for the curious. You know, it's, we're not here to say, stop doing this, stop doing that. It's really not about judgment. It's just about offering an alternative yeah. that we believe is already fundamentally aligned with where a lot of people are. They just have no idea. Vanessa, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking to us. Really appreciate it. No, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. 